News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. There has been a spate of incidents at uh, very significant monuments around the world. Somebody scratched their name into the Colosseum recently. Uh, someone also defaced a 1,200-year-old Japanese temple. They climbed into the Trevi Fountain to fill up a water bottle. So why are tourists behaving more badly than before? Brendan Kelly is a professor of psychiatry at Trinity College Dublin and author of In Search of Madness. Good morning to you, Brendan. Good morning, Jonathan. Why do people have this disinhibition uh, when they are abroad? Well, travel travel leads us to lower all kinds of inhibitions, partly because of the feeling of anonymity, the idea that we won't be held responsible for behaviour while we're away the way that we would be held responsible were we at home. And when you add this to this, you know, the, the, the joy of being away, the joy of being on holidays, breaking out of your daily routine and the pressures um, and everything that pushes you towards normal, rational behaviour, a lot of that is gone when you're away and you can do anything you know, without apparent consequence and without feeling you're violating the same norms. It simply, it simply feels very different. I, it, it's just scratching your initials into something that's over 2,000 years old. It, it's, it's up there on the list of things that I would never think of doing, yet there are some who would. Yes, there are. And it, it, it's interesting when this veil gets lifted and we realise maybe what our impulses are or what other people's impulses are. Of course, there is the feeling that there is not as much by way of consequence and therefore perhaps it's more acceptable to do things which wouldn't be acceptable at home. The other big factor, of course, on holidays is alcohol, which uh, people tend to drink more alcohol. This leads to more disinhibited behaviour, more disruptive behaviour, and sometimes even criminal behaviour that people wouldn't dream of doing at home. So that's another disinhibition, along with this feeling of anonymity, being in a big, new, different place Mm. with nobody who knows you and you won't be held responsible. Well, the only thing is that anonymity uh, can be fleeting because with social media and with phones, I referenced the guy who scratched his name mm. into the Coliseum. He was videotaped by another American tourist who quite rightly called him an idiot. That went around the world, resulting in his prosecution, I think in his absence, uh, for having uh, scratched his name and the name of his girlfriend in, into such a historic monument. Uh, it's hard to hide if your face is plastered around the world. Yeah, and and this could be a disinhibiting factor no more than the discussion you were having a few moments ago about the dog fouling, um, if this happens systematically, but of course it doesn't. And then there is the bravado element that often people are on holiday in a group and they like to show other group members the things they can do, how far they will push how far they will push the boundaries while on holidays. So social media isn't always if you like, the the, the constraint on behaviour that you would expect it to be. And indeed, doing something that goes viral may actually encourage this behaviour rather than discourage it, um, particularly uh, as we saw at the Coliseum. Brendan, just before we go, we are talking about dog fouling. We're coming back to it later in the programme. Is is there a psychology behind not picking it up? Is it just laziness or is is, is it just not the knowledge that you're not going to get fined? Well, I, you know, uh, picking up after a dog, it's, it's a very much a socially required behavior, if you like. I mean, for a great part of the history of humanity, people did not pick up after their dog. So it's quite a modern thing. So it's not hardwired into us. It's something we need to make an effort to do. We need to consciously des- decide to do a pro-social thing. It's not as embedded as other things. So it's one of the easy things for people to um 
just just not to do because it's something humanity didn't do for centuries and centuries yeah. and centuries. Uh, but then you you have the added incentive uh, of of the fine. But not only that, the idea. Just come back to Daniel uh, and his idea. If you videotape people, put it up onto a website, you're more likely to get a box in the head from the person uh, who who you're videotaping. So there is an inherent risk in that. They know it's wrong, but they wouldn't want to be called out in it. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think that uh, punishing is one way to encourage people, you know, not to do the wrong thing. But finding a way to reward people for doing the right thing would be important. Um, And I think, you know, if you look at what matters to dog owners, it's owning a dog or, you know, being with a dog or whatever. Um, So I think maybe if um, there could be um, consequences in terms of getting a dog license, that would really, uh, that could really pinch uh, where dog owners would feel the pain and motivate better behaviour. Yeah, and that's another one uh, where we're falling behind. Brendan Kelly, uh, Professor of Psychology at Psychology, uh, Psychiatry, Psychiatry. It's very hard to say words. Uh, Professor of Psychiatry at Trinity, thank you very much for joining us. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk.